Norcross. And I'm Dave Freund, and this is The Next Page. Missa, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Okay. It's wintry, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, I have my pine candle burning. Oh, good. <laughs> to my left. So it's, it's, you know, it's my seasonal fragrance. Of course, I like that pine smell all year. I'm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and I'm, I'm just... Today, my attitude choice for today was festive. I love that for you. <laughs> yeah, because I was thinking, whoa, so wait funny. a minute. We're getting really, really close to Christmas, and yeah. I, I should not be wasting these days. Yeah. I was just talking to a friend about that and how, um, especially as like an adult, it's so different when you're, when you're a kid. I, felt, I feel like it's a much easier to get in the holiday spirit. And now, yes. And especially because our weather has been... Um, so un- abnormally yeah, warm. Yeah, like it's you know, <laughs> right now we have a dusting of snow uh, as we're recording, but um, I, you everyone knows that I'm not one to usually say I hope it snows, but I do hope that leading up to Christmas and New Year's that we do have a little bit of snow because that'll yep. help me feel festive. But maybe sure. if I set my attitude like you do, if I if I you know choose to be festive, maybe I can. Uh, accomplish that too exactly and i did uh, this morning i was just checking some webcams and they are making snow at labrador and song Mm. mountain so i'm i'm get i'm i'm on the way here i got my my firewood i got delivered yesterday which Mm -hmm. was a bit late um because the the guy was really busy and and i'm i'm gonna tell you shoots logging in lafayette if Mm -hmm. you want firewood this is my second year they have the best firewood i have ever gotten and I've been burning wood for 30, how many years? 34 years, 33 years. This is hands down the best wood. And wow. it's consistent. So not that he's not paying for any marketing here. Not sponsored. Here. <laughs> nope. So call Stu. It, it, it shoots logging in Lafayette if you need firewood. It is the best around. But he was busy this year. And I it was my fault because I had my old boat that I was still trying to use. And so... He has to kind of dump it in front of where I store my boat, mm-hmm. and then I move it around the house. So I have to tell you, last night, it was really cold, stacking about three-face cord of wood, mm-hmm. and I've got about five more to, to stack, but it was it was cold. Mm-hmm. It's my own fault. But you know what? There's nothing nicer than seeing the wood rack full of wood. Yeah. You know, it's like, then I can see if my freezer's full of food and my wood rack is full of wood, let the winter come. <laughs> Because I know I can eat and stay warm. But anyways. That's funny. So last week we talked about how do you know who to empower? Yeah. And and then as I was reflecting on that, I thought, well, wait. So now that we've decided who, we probably should talk about how. Mm -hmm. So I did a bunch of research. And I, you know, if you could, anybody just Googles it. Google, you know, successful empowerment. And Inc. Magazine will have your eight things. And somebody else will have their ten things. and. So I came up with six, just because why? if we can do it with two less, let's go for it. Mm-hmm. So um, first of all, when, I, when, I, when you read the, the six, did anything strike you? Did it, did, did, you, did it make sense? Was there one that you thought might be more important than others? Or what are your thoughts? Yeah, I really liked this, um, and I, I enjoyed the way you wrote it because – I think it's really important to realize that it's not just like you hand someone this like empowerment ticket and and off they go. 
um, there's a lot of responsibility on the person doing the empowering, whether it's the person's team leader or their boss or yes, or, or a teammate, whatever. Um, it's not just like you you hand it off and off they run. There's a lot that you're responsible for. Um, I know that you mentioned that today we'll also cover some of the mistakes that you've previously made. Yes. Um, so, you know, you've you've done this and been there, done that, got the T-shirt. So um, I, I thought that was a really important thing to cover. Like, OK, so here's what you have to do to make sure this is successful. And I really liked um, just kind of all the all the points you made, but that you know maintaining accountability that one i know we'll talk about i i really Uh, appreciated that and i think um the second one on your list about expectations which we've been talking a lot about lately so i think those were the two that that stood out most to me okay great so the first one and i picked this as number one just because i think it's where you need to start Mm -hmm. you know you need to start with a clear strategic vision and mission and, and it, it gets get back to Simon Sinek's people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Mm-hmm. And and when we have a when we have a clear why statement or mission vision for our group, our organization, our team, it helps people make decisions. It speeds up the decision making process. And and they can buy into something that is bigger than their task. Um, and I think that's huge. You know, everybody wants to really make a difference. Um, and the more engaged a person is in, so if we think about looking back, you know, when we're empowering somebody, one of the things that we need to look for is, is they have to have desire and the higher the level desire for a person to, to do something, the more they want to gain satisfaction out of it. And, and it has to be connected to something bigger than themselves or even the team. And that's why I think this, this strategic vision and mission is critical. You know, all of us need to be able to articulate to our staff what our organization is for. Mm-hmm. Why, why do we exist? Um, you know, Jeff Henderson's book for, you know, does, does the community believe we are for them? Does the, do, do our customers believe we are for them? Do our employees believe we're for them? You know, and, and, and that type of thing. And, and so this all wraps up into the why. So you better be able to articulate that very, very well. And, and a lot of leaders will say, well, wait, we, we've got the slogan. You know, we got the T-shirts with the logo on it and the slogan. It's on the walls. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about are you speaking about the vision and the mission on an ongoing basis? Mm-hmm. Vision leaks. You can't over-communicate. And, and there's so much competition for us in communicating our vision. There, people are distracted by everything. I, and I think, too, you know, I, I think as families, do we have a family vision or mission statement type of thing? Now, my family doesn't have anything written on, you know, that we put on the refrigerator. But, you know, as I was ra- as my wife and I were raising our kids, what were the values that we were trying to instill? You know, being good, being kind, those type of things. And when these things become something you talk about and you live out, you don't even have to teach it as much mm-hmm. because people see it. And that's really what we're talking about with this clear stra- uh, strategic vision and mission. And then setting expectations. I, I messed up on this so bad in my 35 years. I just kept thinking, well, they understand. Well, they know. No, they don't. Not unless I say so. Not unless I lay out exactly what it is I'm expecting and hoping from this person. 
and and I use this quote so many times. I use it in my classes now almost every time. Unspoken expectations are planned disappointment. Mm-hmm. Now I word it a little differently. I think that we put poorly communicated expectations are un are planned disappointments. But it's true. Don't be disappointed if you didn't tell them. Mm-hmm. And what I also share with people, and I know our listeners have heard it in the past. I heard that quote on a marriage podcast. Yeah. So that that quote fits every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. You're going to the doctor. Have you laid out the expectations of what you want to get from that doctor visit? Mm-hmm. If not, don't be surprised. So many times I'll come home from a doctor's appointment. I said, "Did you tell your Did you ask your doctor about this?" No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, why not? Uh, I don't know. Um. Marissa, what do you think is, why do you think laying out expectations is as difficult as it is? Or is it only difficult for me? I think it can be difficult for a few reasons. I think it's an intimidating, it can, it can be intimidating, um, yep. depending on the person and their personality type. Um, I think it, sometimes, maybe it's unclear. Even to yeah. the person who is, would be the one setting expectations, mm-hmm. um, it could it could be unclear, and so that's not an easy task. So it's like, uh, skip, move on to the next thing because, right? You know, maybe that takes maybe that takes an evaluation. Like, okay, who's who's doing what? And who's responsible for what? Yes. And you know, there's a lot of steps involved. So I think that yes. that could be another reason, and um, I think it can be maybe a tricky conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and I think for me, I didn't want because I am a person that believes in empowerment. Mm-hmm. I don't want I don't micromanage. Um, maybe I need to be micromanaged a bit, <laughs> uh, but so I didn't want I never wanted people to think I was like an ogre, mm-hmm. you know that or a taskmaster. Um, I wanted them to feel that they had flexibility, that they had the opportunity to kind of create the job of their dreams, and in so doing. I didn't communicate some things that I felt were really important to me. Mm-hmm. And then, and it's not fair to them, then I would be upset or disappointed when those expectations weren't met. Mm-hmm. We talked a couple weeks ago, you know, the most wonderful time of the year. Are we setting the expectations for our families around a few key things that would be important to us in the holiday season? It's the same thing. So the th- and then the third point was removing roadblocks and providing resources. Um, the biggest mistake I made in this one was I actually asked one of our engineers once to implement a data collection system. So I was adding in, all, I was doing all the the timekeeping, even as the president of the company. Every day I was grabbing in the time cards and entering the data. Um, and I had kept that from the time of being a plant manager because I felt it gave me a great window into what was happening. Well, at some point, I had enough people saying to me, is that the best use of your time? And are you the person that needs to do this? And I, you know, sheepishly admitted, no, I'm not the best person. But so what we did was we, instead of delegating it to another person, we delegated it to a system. We already owned the software. We just had to buy a few scanners. And what I did was I I empowered, I thought, an engineer to do the project. But what I didn't do was communicate to the hourly employees 
that this was a project I had assigned to this engineer. And they just jerked him around as much as they and didn't cooperate and, and did it ha you know half-heartedly. And it didn't work. And the whole implementation failed. So we had to reset, restart again. And I had to say, hey, if you disrespect him, you're disrespecting me. Mm -hmm. This is a project I've asked him to do. And it really taught me a lesson that when I give someone some empowerment or an opportunity or a position or a promotion, am I making sure that the roadblocks for their success have been removed? It could be another coworker. It could be somebody on the team that's jealous that this person was given the opportunity. Maybe they thought they deserved the opportunity. You know, and as a leader, I need to be very sensitive to, you know, is this person cooperating with the new person or with the, with the empowered person? Um, are there resources that they need? Uh, I, one thing, this was something I heard was great. Um, one of my coaching clients once had told me that they had hired a new quality engineer. And I said, oh, that's great. And, and he said, oh, and they're starting on this and this day. And I said, well, I, I'm, I'm glad you found one and then found a person. And then he went on to say, so I've made sure that her laptop will be waiting for her when she arrives. And HR is putting together a welcome basket. I said, a welcome basket? Oh, yeah, with, and I forgot, it might have been like a, a shirt with the company logo some snacks, a bottle of wine. I mean, it was, they wooed, not only wooed this person to bring them in, but reinforced it when they got there. And I thought, wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've never had a company welcome me like that. Well, so if you think about it, you know, like imagine how good that person felt when they started. Because the resources they needed in terms of technology were there. But they also made that connection right up front mm -hmm. that we value you. So I think if I ever have an opportunity to be in a position of hiring a person, you know, myself, and, and I don't think that'll ever happen because of where I am in my organization. But I would say, wow, just it, have them start a week later to make sure everything is perfect when they do start. Mm-hmm. Because I think it, I think it just sets you. It's well, it sets us up for success. Makes that connection right up front. Then the fourth one was, uh, you got to make sure that you're communicating and giving constructive feedback. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the <laughs> I feel like this is another one that's uh, often skipped or you know difficult to do. Yeah, and I was going to ask. So why do you, mm -hmm. why is it difficult? Communication is difficult, I think, for a lot of us, um, whether it be around positive things or negative things, right? Right. It's kind of similar to the setting expectations. Um, I think that when you put, partner that up with constructive feedback, it's a, a similar um, difficulty is that it's it can be hard to do. It can require difficult conversations. If you know, if you're newer in, in a role, this can right. be really intimidating. Um, and I think it's, you know, there's a, there's a lot to remember. It's like, right. It's not what you say, but how you say it. It's, um, yes. you know, reinforcing that constructive feedback with like four additional positive things to, right. to counteract. I mean, there's a lot that goes into delivering constructive feedback. It's not just saying, you know, here's what you did and here's what I want to see next time. It's exactly, it's, um, it's almost an art. You're, you're right. It, it, 
you, you know, it is, it's an art. And, and, um, I, you know, as, as you were, um, as you were saying that I, I, I remembered something. And so probably some of our listeners are like, Hey, is he ever going to work on that book that he said he was writing? Cause we talked about it and I made it public a couple years ago. Um, and the reason why I brought it up, cause I was writing again this morning, but there's a chapter on uh, that talks about communication and it was entitled the art of effective communication because it's art. It has to be crafted in a way that the person really wants to receive it. And so, and, and some years ago, maybe two years ago, I think it was two years ago, um, when I was sharing on the podcast of something I learned from um, Marcus Buckingham, where he said that when we give people feedback, the same part of the brain fires as if they perceive a threat. So if you think about it, well, how do we overcome that? And he said, well, it's not that we don't give feedback, but we lead them on a path of discovery so they discover it for themselves. And you do that with questions. So when something didn't work out, you could say, so tell me, why do you think that happened? Mm -hmm. Or why did this result come out the way it did? Well, I don't really know. Okay, so let's talk about the day. What was going on that day when this occurred? And you can usually get the person, and I've, I say this all the time, and I've said on the podcast, don't sell the problem, or don't, don't sell the solution, sell the problem. Mm-hmm. So you can just start having conversations, and it becomes a much easier thing to, to, to give that kind of feedback then, because they're discovering it for themselves. And the other thing is, and I think this comes out of um, Stephen M. R. Covey's book, The Speed of Trust, people don't react to what you say, they react to why they think you're saying. So if we're communicating frequently with this person that we've empowered, they're going to realize that we truly value them and we're helping them become more successful. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it needs to be a reg. It, I'm not talking about a twice a year review or a quarterly review even. I'm talking about conversations that occur throughout the week. And the more frequent the conversation, at the beginning, you need to have frequent conversations and ask the person, hey, how do you think you're doing? How do you think things are going? Mm-hmm. So that c- communication and constructive feedback is critical. Um, the fifth one, reward the right things. And okay. I think we miss this all the time. I've missed this all the time. Mm-hmm. If I reward um, extraordinary effort, and, and what's extraordinary? Just a little extra makes it extraordinary. We're not talking about somebody going 10 miles out of the way. We're saying just a little bit, mm-hmm. you're going to get more of it. Um, if you, if you, uh, somebody wrote a book, I think it was a title of a book. Maybe it wasn't. It was maybe just a phrase in a book, catching people doing things right. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do. It yeah. works with our kids. Yeah. Right? I was going to say, that's the, that's like the number one parenting advice my mom always gives me. You know, when I call her, she's like, you need to continue to reward the right things. Right. And it's like, I know, I know, but it is, it's, you know, I think once you start to see the, the effects, it's one of those things where you need to like, see it to believe it. Right. Where sometimes you're like, oh, it's too much work to do that. But then once you start catching, what was the phrase? Catching the the right things, the good things. Catching people doing things right. Catching people doing things right. Right. So once you start doing that, I think you start finding more of it. And I think yes. you start 
seeing the results of rewarding that behavior. Exactly. And it's such a, an empowering thing to do for everybody on your team. You know, when you come into a meeting, if there are people that did things well mm-hmm. over the, let's say it's a weekly staff meeting. If people the week before had done things well or helped you, if you just walk it as you're walking into the meeting, recognize them. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for that yesterday. That really helped me. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, it helped them. I'm going to do more of that. I like that affirmation that I'm getting from people. Mm-hmm. And, and what I have to, I want to emphasize here is reward actions, not words. People will say, I'll do that. People say, I'll do that. Oh, I can help you with that. No, I, a lot of times people say things that they don't follow through on. Mm-hmm. So you really, again, we're, we're rewarding and acknowledging action. And when we do that, we'll get more of it. The last one is maintain accountability. Um, you know, not holding people accountable because we think it's going to get better rarely, if ever works Mm -hmm. again, a mistake I made so often, you know, when I noticed it the first time I didn't say anything or when I let this employee get away with something, we, you know, um, we, we struggled for years with an employee that kept violating our smoking policy. Mm -hmm. And we put up with it because technically he was really good. But he kept violating company policy. And we'd find ways to make excuses for him. And, 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 you know, there were days when I said I'd had enough and the owner interceded. And then there were days when he said he had enough and... I interceded and we should have never done that. We, if you, you need to hold everyone accountable equal. And, and the, the good news in that is you're never going to get into legal trouble if you hold everyone accountable to policies and procedures. Equal. Mm-hmm. The problem is we set ourselves up for all kinds of issues when we don't. And if we didn't deal with one person, but we dealt with another person, all right, how, do, how does that stand up, so to speak, in court? Right. And, and I, have often, I say this in every, in every one of my supervisory leadership classes, that when you're interacting with an employee, you should assume that anything you wrote or said would be read or heard by a judicial law judge. And if you just keep that in mind, you're going to stay away from things that you need to stay away from. You know, and in and, and my career, you know, twice I was accused of, of discrimination. Now, it never went anywhere because it was unfounded. But you just, you start to think, am I being fair? Am I, am I treating everyone exactly the way I would treat other people? And is it according to our company policies? Mm-hmm. And, and you're going to be fine. And, you know, it's, it's interesting the, the, the way the eyes open up real big when I tell people, yeah, twice I was accused of discrimination. There was, it was unfounded in each time. You know, one time went to a judicial law hearing before a judicial law judge. And she sided with me and, and, and actually rebuked the, it was interesting how, how strongly she rebuked the person that had accused the company of it. Um, but just beware. And, and again, if you're fair... You do the right things. You don't have to worry about it. But don't ever make excuses for someone or be overly harsh with someone. 
I guess that's that's kind of what I'm what I'm trying to refer to that accountability. Um, if you so if I don't hold them accountable, well, it's it's almost like our kids. Mm-hmm. If we don't hold our kids accountable, they don't think we love them. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. And it kind of gets into, so if I make excuses for you, but I don't somebody else, then I'm actually communicating to you that I don't think you can do it. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. So empowerment works. Empowerment is a great way to develop people. And once you choose the person, make sure you follow the six steps. And it will be successful. What did I miss? Uh, I I don't know if you missed anything. I mean, I think we covered a lot of really important steps to keep in mind and just going to reiterate that it's not like you hand over the keys and, and off they go. There's, right. a, there's a lot of responsibility that comes yes. with, on, on both ends, right? For the empowerer and the empoweree. Um, yep. And these are important things to keep in mind. Yeah, and you know, and and just to 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 reinforce with our listeners, I'm not sharing these things from the position of I did it all right. Mm-hmm. I'm sharing these things from what I did wrong. Mm-hmm. Don't do that <laughs> because it doesn't work out well. And if I would have known these six steps, along with deciding who I should empower, 35 years ago, I would have been much more successful. Mm-hmm. So. I have no idea what I'm writing about next week. All right. But something will come up. Yeah, you'll think of something. Um, And so next week's podcast would actually come out just before Christmas. Oh, wow. So I'm not sure that, yeah, that may affect it. How's that? (laughs) That may affect (laughs) This is the the warning. (laughs) The topic du jour type of thing. Um, I'm not sure, though. Anything exciting coming up with your... um, winter bucket list this coming weekend um no set plans yet but we are working our way through the list great so last weekend i did now this is all going to be a week late um last weekend i did the um holidays at hendrix chapel was amazing wow yeah sunday night that was that was awesome so i checked that off my list this weekend we're doing christmas caroling Oh, how fun. That's so nice. Yeah, and we've got three different retirement centers that we're going to, and then a few homes. So I always hope that it snows a little bit. I'm I'm not so sure that's going to happen. I think there's a little bit of a warming trend around the corner. Mm -hmm. But that's what we're going to do. So I'll be able to check something else off my bucket list before our next recording. That's great. So with that, I'm Dave Freund. I'm Marissa Norcross. And this was The Next Page.